You are listening to Press Church Podcasts. Please enjoy this week's message. Thank you, Pastor Jeremiah, um, and to his beautiful wife for the touching song, which just completely threw me off. I'm still kind of in the spirit a little bit from that music. Uh, so thank you so much for blessing me, um, and thank the congregation for allowing your pastor um, to allow me and give me the platform to speak to you all on behalf of the community, on behalf of Dig, myself, my family, and the vision that God has given me um, <clears throat> for our community. Um, but before we get started, I have a tradition whenever I speak in a church atmosphere, I like to have my mother, who is also a pastor, a minister, uh, to pray before I come on and just, you know, sometimes you just need your mother's prayer to ease the, to ease the thing. So, Mom, are you, do you mind? Miss Charlotte Epps. <clears throat> So now you can see why I need mom to, uh, to pray before we get up. So <clears throat> like I mentioned, I have these beautiful notes. I'm probably going to use very few of them because the word has just really touched me today. And one thing I, I've, and I hate to say this, I've been so busy lately that I haven't been to church like I often have because I'm always down here and, and, and speaking somewhere. Um, and my mother will be excited because I haven't done this in a while, which is to, to make myself at ease. Uh, one of the things I do in my car when I'm thinking is I, I hum and I sing. So I haven't done this in a while, so you all may have not seen this before, but I have to get this out because it's been on my heart all morning. Um, falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus. Was the best thing I've ever, ever done. In his arms, I feel protected. In his arms, never disconnected. Oh, in his arms, I feel protected. And there's no place I'd rather, rather be. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, All right. So Pastor Jeremiah mentioned that I'm the president and founder 
of Dreams, Imagination, and Gift Development Program founded here in Williston, South Carolina. Um, I moved off after graduating from University of South Carolina in 2007 to a life that I said I would never come back to Williston, right? I'm going to go off. I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to do great things and live this great life. And Williston, you would never see me again, right? But I, I, I'm always taken aback to the places and the foundation that raised me and got me to that point, which is Williston, South Carolina, and the people and faces of most of you in this, in this room right now today. So with that, I cannot forget where I came from, which led me to the path of founding DIG. Um, <clears throat> some of the things that DIG have done, for those of you who have not heard of us, um, we operate after-school programs in Barnwell, Blackville, um, Williston, um, operating somewhat in Denmark, um, Allendale. So one of the goals we had originally was to provide opportunities to youth in rural communities so that they can reach their full potential. Um, when I grew up in Williston, South Carolina, great people, great schools, but I felt that it wasn't that many success stories because we lacked the resources or those who did become super successful never came back and showed us the way. And that was one of the original goals of starting DIG. So since then, we have a STEM festival right outside of you all church every year that started off as the craziest dream I could have ever imagined. I, I told uh, our board, Vicky, and I said, we're going we're gonna to do this STEM festival that they do in Greenville and Charleston, and we're going to do it right down in the middle of Williston, South Carolina. And everyone looked at me like, yeah, okay. All right, so five years later, we almost doubled the population of Williston with a STEM festival. <laughs> That has been recognized nationally, not just in Williston or South Carolina, nationally. So I will tell you that, that if you follow God's plan and his vision, it too will come into fruition. Uh, we've graduated numerous students that graduate our mentoring programs that's going off into college on scholarships, um, doing well in life, photographers, all the above. And they all credit not me, but the community as well as the program for showing them a way and showing them a different light. Um, so that's just a little bit of what we've been doing to dig, and I try to pull all this together uh, to make sense today. So I don't come to you guys as a, as a man of God, um, as a father, as a son, as a black guy. I come to you all to showcase me being a vessel of God and doing what he has called me to do outside of my personal interests and outside of my personal gain. Um, so I had this, <laughs> this vision, it's crazy. Um, when people always ask me, what? What do you regret the most? It's like you guys got so much success in getting these awards. What do, you, what do you regret the most? I waited three years to do it. That's what, that's what I regretted. Um, you know, I was chosen. I was in Afghanistan on one of my assignments for, at Fleur, and a, and a vision came to me um, working with some Afghan nationals. You know, these were guys who were barefooted, didn't have the proper PPE, didn't speak English. And our job was to leave that country with them better than what they were before we got there. So with that was to train them as electricians. Now we had an expat electrician in Afghans, had no clue of what to do. But after a couple of weeks, they were better than our expat electricians. And it reminded me of where we come from, not Afghanistan, but the type of people. They had this potential inside of them that they couldn't get out because they lacked the resources and they lacked the exposure which gave me the idea to come back and do something because what I found was we have those similar traits in this area. We have the most outlier gifted people that you can never find in any area, but we don't have those success stories as often as those in major cities. So <clears throat> 10 years ago, you know, I, I sat there, like I said, I waited three years 
trying to figure out what should I do? How can I do this? How can I connect the dots? And I said, I got to stop hiding. You know, I, 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 I have something in me as well that I'm not showcasing. I got to start hiding it. And this came from my mother, you know, who started this. So I made it as an engineer. Um, I was doing well in life, but I felt like there's still something missing. I still have more in me to do. And I tell kids all the time, don't measure your success out of somebody you saw in a magazine or one of your friends or one of your neighbors. Look inside your gut and ask yourself, is there more? And if there is more, don't stop until you've used all of that. Because God has given all of us gifts that he intends for us to give back. I often heard this message of saying and how good God is and why I give him the glory is, if I gave you a gift today, it doesn't say anything about you because I gave you the gift. It says something about the giver, right? So God has given us all gifts that he wants us to use. And it doesn't say anything about me. I can get every award in the world and I only uplift him because he gave me the gifts. It has nothing to do with me, right? So my mother called me and, and she used to always tell me the story as a teenage mother of you leaped in my stomach um, and God told me that you were supposed to do something great. Not that I was a great person, but I was supposed to do something great. And she called me and she said, son, <laughs> you're doing real good. I'm proud of you. I, I couldn't ask for anything else from a son. But God told me you're more than just a father. You're more than just an engineer. And you're more of just a husband. And she didn't know at the time I had already written this whole dig thing down. I had already sketched up the logo. I had already wrote what I wanted, and I sat on it. I was like, there's no way I can pull this crazy vision off that God gave me in Williston, South Carolina. And that day when she called me, I said on my 30th birthday, which was the following month, I'm going to launch it. I filled out the paperwork, and I launched Dig. And that's how we got to this point. So with that, the name Dig, it has meaning that's significant to me, and I hope that it resonates with all of you. It wasn't just a, a name that sounded good and, and flowed well. The, the word dig, dreams, imagination, and gift development program, dreams, the dreams part. I often say that everyone has the ability to dream, right? We've all had a dream. One day I'm going to do this, and when I grow up, I'm going to be this, and when my 40th birthday, I'm going to do this, right? And what I found was everyone has the ability to dream, but very few people have the ability to imagine those dreams. And I think that's what separates those who accomplish those dreams and those who don't. The people that can sit back like Pastor Jeremiah can sit back and say, I have a dream, but now I can see myself standing on stage. I can see myself speaking to people. I can see myself uh, saving souls. I can see the color that I want my first church. The people that can see it and make it tangible and imagine it, those are the people that accomplish those dreams, right? And then the word gift, I mentioned earlier that all of us have a unique gift and a unique purpose inside of us. And when you combine those dreams with the ability to see them, you use your natural gifts to accomplish those. And that's how you can develop everything that you ever dreamed. So that's how we came up with the name Dreams Imagination and Gift Development Program. You know, so now we're at a point of marketing. Uh, some of my marketing friends who are in the marketing thing are like, for the first three years, I was quiet. I didn't want anyone to know what I was doing personally. Here's Dig. Thank you, Dig. Didn't show the process. Didn't show any of that. People would call me and say, hey, can I nominate you for an award? Nope. You cannot. Because I was taught to be humble, right? And sometimes in our community, the word humble is used wrong, incorrectly. And I'll give you an example. So how I got Black Engineer of the Year, and this gives a testament to Williston and how people don't showcase and come back. 
um, my VP read in a magazine, black engineer, the guy, he was an actor, he was a singer, advocate, nice guy, real dress on the magazine. He gets to the last sentence of the magazine, and it says, from Williston, South Carolina. Had never heard of this guy before in my life, and he was from Williston, South Carolina, black engineer of the year. So I reached out, my mother found out who he was, remembered his family, and talked to him like I do at Jeremiah. He said, we have to nominate you. I said, nope. <laughs> don't want to be seen. Don't want anyone to think this is about me. This is about a community, and I want God to bless the community. I don't want them to see me as the person that's doing it. So after finally convincing me, he, he um, nominated me. We won, and it opened up so many doors to allow God to bless you. So what happens is when we focus so much on being humble, we stunt our own growth. The word humble in our community, especially in the black community, means stop. Stay exactly where you are, because if you go any further, we don't understand it. Why do you want to do this? You're okay here. Just be humble. But when I told you guys to check inside your gut, if it's more in you, surpass what those thoughts of humble mean. Humbling to me every single day is being told no. To work in college, to get a career that paid me well, to now never have to ask anyone for anything, but now I'm the one asking, can you help us? Can you donate? That is humbling. So I ask all you who have something inside you that you need to get out, don't worry about the humbling, the humbling part because you will be humbled every single day of chasing your dream and chasing the vision that God gave you. That is the most humbling thing ever. I get told probably no 300 times a year, right? I'm about, probably about to get told no 200 times this month, right, <laughs> with, the, with the idea we have. So this task is sometimes daunting, and, it is, it is a, and I talk to pastor and share with him often. It, it, it is very hard. And I, the only way I can describe it for the women in the rooms, don't think I know how this feels, but having a baby, right? Your wife is pregnant. She's about to birth something that's a blessing and will be a blessing to the world and her family. But she has to carry that weight, right? She knows a blessing is coming. She's got to carry the weight. She has to go through the sleepless nights. And the only way I can describe what I go through and what people with visionaries that do things in Pastor Land, we talk often, man, God bless you for coming here and doing this. The part of actually having a baby, you have to push, you have to prepare, you have to bleed, you have to tear, things are cut, things have to get sewed, but you're excited at the end because you imagine what you're about to birth. But you cannot birth that blessing without going through that level of pain, right? And that's the only thing I can relate that keeps me going of watching my two sons is the blessing is going to get here, but I have to endure whatever it is, even if it's an attack on my character, attack on my community, attack on my family, I have to endure that part to birth the blessing just as well as you all that are pregnant. So with that, you know, I'm asking God, like, why do you want me to do this? Why do you have me in this community? I could be doing anything. And then I'm reminded of the scripture, um, Habakkuk 2, 3 reminds me, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Through it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come and it will not tarry, right? So that scripture means so much. If you truly have a vision, like I have visions, but some visions are mine. I want to do this. I want to do this. And there's certain visions that are God, and this scripture reminds me that I gave it to you for a reason. Stay the course. Stay the course. No matter if you fail, stay the course. Stay the course. Now, with this only experience, another scripture comes to mind, Galatians 6, 9. But the word says, let us not become weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So the thing about the imagination part, and, and, 
I don't fault people that don't get my vision, and this may resonate with you, is I learned that God gave me the vision. It is my job to write it down and make it plain. If I can't communicate that to you, I can't get mad because you don't understand my vision. It wasn't given to you. So I have to let, wait, keep pushing through, keep pushing through, and then one day God will reveal the vision to you, and then now we can work collectively. But in that process, you have to, people have to look at you crazy. And Vicky can tell you all the time, they look at me like, this boy really has lost it. Are you okay? But I have to trust that they wasn't given a vision. It was given to me, all right? So purpose and passion. I have found my purpose, right? I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, and I feel great. The moment you find your purpose on earth, that is the most rewarding feeling ever and the most scariest, most scary. So I, I was at a seminar often one time, and a guy mentioned, and I was the most boringest seminar I've ever been to in my life. And I always walk away with one thing when I go to the most boringest seminars that I can take and say, I can apply this maybe somewhere. So purpose. The guy said, if you want to know what your purpose and your passion is, Sometimes it lies in the things that you hate. I'm like, what? what is this? What? My purpose is, man, whatever. I'm ready to go. What time is it? Et cetera. Right? So I thought about it. People started asking me questions. You must really love kids. I do not. <laughs> you must really love school. I hated school. Right? So what I looked at, I said, well, why am I working with kids? You must really love going to Williston. But I'm here all the time. Right? So... What I found, this one guy at this boring seminar said, your purpose is tied to the things that you hate. What I found myself doing was I hated the fact that it was so much potential in this community and no one lived up to it. And I hated seeing, what happened to that child? Well, he went, nah, you know, it didn't, you know, well, he had all, nah, well, I hated it with a passion that I wanted to fix it. Not that I loved kids. I hated that scenario so bad that I wanted to fix it, and I found my purpose tied to what I hated. So for those of you who are still looking for your purpose and your passions, look at what you hate, and it's probably tied to that. Um, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> Proverbs 19, 21 says, Many plans are in a man's heart, but the Lord's decree will prepare. I shared this story with Jeremiah, and I'm going to share it with you all of the testimony of how I got to this point. So for those of you who don't know, I have taken a hiatus of work. I'm taking a year off to focus on this program. And I fought this for years. God would not let it rest. I'm like, God, you want me to leave this job over here to make this amount of money that doesn't exist? And no, <laughs> right? Year two goes by. Stephen, do it. Some prophetic, prophetic words come by. A pastor said it. So John Gray was a church I go to, and he was a pastor in Greenville. When he first started, first um, Ron Carpenter said, I believe I'm here to put a message in someone who is doing something in a barren land. And I think that's what I'm hearing while I'm speaking these sermons, to help someone who decided to do something in a barren land. Two weeks later, John Gray becomes our pastor. And he's battling with it. You, you watch the news. He's battling with all kind of things. But he said this profound thing. You know, I'm, I'm one of those guys in church. Yeah, I heard you, but they was probably talking to him, 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 him too, not just me. So John Gray says, and I was battling between my career and dig, and I couldn't do both because I'm traveling. I'm being an engineer. I'm traveling here, going both places. And I was torn. And I was like, I got to make a decision. So John Gray said, this week, and you know who I'm talking to, God is going to separate your career from your calling. And I was like, oh. 
So this dude would not let me rest, right? I, lo- I love my career. I love what I'm doing, right? And I, I, I told Jeremiah this. I sat there that night, and I prayed angrily. I was mad. Like, I hear you. Friends were calling me, hey, you need to quit your job. God told me to tell you that last night. No, no, I'm not. I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. Oh, and you should sell your house, too, and get the money and do what you need to do. No, you're crazy. So I pray to God, angry, mad. Why do you want me to do this? I got these ideas. I got these patent ideas. I can start businesses. And I prayed angry. I said, I need to answer now. All these messages and parables, I hear you, but it's not good enough. I get to work the next morning, uh, two weeks before Christmas. And... Um, One thing I learned is the devil will bless you also, right, in ways to deter you from what God's purpose is. So I always learned that early that I have to be prepared for blessings that's not from God. Because you see all these people successful that are not doing God things, but they're very successful, but they've been blessed somewhere else. So the HR calls me to a meeting. They're teary-eyed to his record Christmas. And she says, you know, we've been downsizing, and but we have good news. We want you to move to Cincinnati, and here's the income. Or we want you to move to Raleigh, and here's the income. Or you can take this package and leave GE completely. They're teary-eyed. I smiled. <laughs> so they're looking at me once again like, you, is, 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 is he okay? He's sitting here smiling two weeks before Christmas. And I told him, I said, you guys have answered something I've been trying to answer. And I prayed to God last night, and you answered it for me. So you have taken a burden off of me. Now, yet, I still got to figure some things out, but you have answered something that I've been answering and trying to find an answer to, and I prayed to God that night, and he said, well, here you go. He has separated my career from my calling, all right? So I will tell you this. (laughs) We talk about God's plan, right, and your plan. God's going to make sure he gets what he wants out of you. And this, I mean, and the part that I missed out of the story that morning before I went to work, and I'm sorry I missed this, and Jeremiah and I talked about this, and when Vicky connected us, he said a similar story. It's always here in church. When God really speaks to you, you feel a hit, a blow. And I heard that in church my whole life. So that morning, in the middle of the night, something like just hit me, and I jumped up. And the first thing in my mind was exactly to leave my job. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave during the summer, Right? But in that situation, God said, I'm going to still take care of you. I'm going to now put you in a position to pay you to leave. If I'd have left during the summer, I would have just left. Now I'm getting paid to do what I was going to do anyway during the summer. So he, when you follow his plan, he still looks out for you. So I say this often, you know, let God shine. You know, we talk about the humbling thing. You all will see, dig in myself now attempt to be unapologetically great because it's oftentimes with those humbling times we, we're taught to do that that we don't let them shine right you know I remember in corporate America I hid every talent I had trying to blend in but if you want to shine you can't dim your light right so you're going to see us showcase everything that God is doing in my life personally as well as our program and it has nothing to do with me but how can we say give God the glory if we don't show what God is doing, Amen. <laughs> right? And we're, 
we're taught to do that, though. God is good. The reason people don't come to church, I was talking to Pastor Burnett, said only 30% of people in Barnwell County go to church. They don't go to church because they don't see what God is really doing. We go to church every day, give an offering, let's pray amongst this group. But if everyone walked out of here and everyone can see you in Walmart and know what God is doing, they will probably come to church because someone wants a part of that level of success. And if they tie it to church, they will show up. Right? So, Ending shortly, um, Nehemiah uh, 2, chapter 2, 13 through 19. So where are we going next? I'm not going to read the whole thing. Well, I might read the whole thing. Is it on the board? All right. What, what do I look like on time? I'm good? I'm good, Vicky. Okay. <laughs> By night, I went out through the valley gate towards Jacko, well and a dung gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down, and its gates which had been destroyed by fire. Then I moved toward the fountain gate in the king's pool, but there was not enough room for my mount to get through. So I went up the valley by night, examining the wall. Finally, I turned back and re-entered through the valley gate. The officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing, because I yet I said had said nothing to the Jews or the priests or nobles or officials and others who would be not who were doing the work. So Jeremiah is a visionary. I guarantee you it's time for your wife, like, what are you doing? You're just off somewhere thinking of something, right? right? And that's what I find myself doing, why the scripture resonates. The 17th, then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. You know, we look at some of the storylines that was coming out of our area, murders, poverty, shame, School systems falling, South Carolina last in, in education. This is similar stories that's happening in here, but they're sending people like Jeremiah or people like myself connecting with communities like you all, with like-minded, to do something different. They reply, let us start rebuilding. So they begin in this good work. This is our conversations are about. We're talking about rebuilding to change these narratives. But with Sambalat the Huronite to be an Ammonite, official of Jeshem, and the Arab heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. When I first gave the idea of DIG in a panel in Spartanburg, South Carolina, with all the leaders, they said, that is impossible. <laughs> Quotation, that is impossible, but if you need us, we will help. When I, when I told my vision, not naming names in the town council, when I told the vision what we were going to do, <laughs> In Barwell County, one guy said, oh, yeah, next you're going to build a pool. I said, that's a great idea. I didn't, let, me, let me write that down, right? <laughs> Verse uh, 20, I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim of historic right to it. So with that, we will have people that buy into our vision, that can see the plan that God has on our community, and we will have those who do not. But we can't worry about those people. We have to continue to rebuild and continue to build. So when these crazy visions come, they're crazy to people who haven't gotten a vision or to people who don't understand. But I can promise you the next step of ours, which we will build a community center in this area uh, through an ambassador program, the building's already designed. I just haven't marketed it yet because I'm scared, but he's going he's gonna to pray me through it. <laughs> but it's not scared that we can't do it. It's scared that the toll it's going to take on me personally 
uh, to pull it off. But when no, we can talk about these visions and ideas and God and the plan he has for us, but to the church members in the community, no dream or vision can be carried out without two things, people and resources. God can give us the most elaborate dreams, elaborate visions for this community and for you personally. But if we don't have the people and the resources, it's only a dream. So it would take each and every single one of you collectively and your family and your friends and your counterparts to build and rebuild this community to something we're proud of, something where he's sacrificing where he was that he can say it wasn't in vain. Me going through two cars from driving down here, I can say it's not in vain because I can come here to a church called Press Church and I can see people smiling because of a vision that we have for the people that live here. I don't live here. The vision is for you all, not for me personally. And it feels so good to be invited to, and given a platform to showcase what God is going to do, what he's doing, and what he has already done. So for that, I thank you, Jeremiah. I thank Press Church. And I commend you for being a pioneer, for being a leader, and a visionary. Because the church that I pray for and the church that I hope we get to looks exactly like this. Amen. Wilson, South Carolina with multiple denominations, different races, different gender. You know, and when I read the Bible and talk about a church and have these conversations with my mother, you know, it's like when you pass, if the ambulance is passing by this church, this church should be so well known for what God is doing that the person in there should want to pause for a moment to get the blessings that are coming out of Press Church. And I feel that you are the person that can do that. And if you all need any help from me or my family, I am there. So thank you. Thank you all for your time and God bless you. All right, so you can find us on our website is www.digdp.org. Um, you can also find us on Facebook with the forward slash digdp as well as so other, any other social media sites. Um, one of the other, the new initiative when we launched this campaign, it will be called the Ambassador Program. Um, and the Ambassador Program um, is something that's going to involve 200 individuals that are willing to help us rebuild this community and this area in this region, and we're calling them the 200, and they're the ambassadors. These are people that are able to go out, who have our materials, and able to share the mission with others. So when you do see that, if that does interest you, sign up. It's pretty self-explanatory, um, and you all will help us take us to, the, to where we need to go and accomplish that vision. So I want you all to know that there are six ministries, we talked about this before, there are six ministries that we support, that we give to twice a year. Um, and DIG is one of those uh, that we've, we've sown into them already, um, and we're partnering with them. We've, we've had conversations behind the scenes. Um, I, I see his heart. Hopefully you've seen his heart as well. Um, and, and not just what he's saying, um, but he's also doing things in the community. There are a lot of people who are, are saying the dreams like he's talking about, but he's out there and he's performing the vision that God has done. Um, and, and so 
He's been talking the talk and walking the walk. Amen. Uh, and we've been praying for him and standing with him and standing by him even now. And, and so the scripture that we talked about in giving, that if you have a generous eye, you will be blessed. And if your generous eye falls upon this opportunity to be a part and partner with him of giving your time um, and serving as a, being a part of DIG, uh, giving him financially, showing up. Uh, do you already have the dates for the next? Yeah, the, the STEM Festival is April 25th, 2020. Um, and then on December the 14th, we're, we brought in an organization out of Cincinnati yesterday that trained teachers from Allendale, Bonwell, Blab with Denmark and Wagner. Um, and they're learning to teach our students how to develop apps. Um, and on December the 14th, we will have a showcase similar to the iPhone showcase where these kids will be on stage showing their apps to what they develop. And so I think we're probably one of the first groups to bring the entire region together um, on something. So that's on December the 14th. Right now, yes, yeah, open to the public. Right now, we're looking at even the auditorium in Williston or in Barnwell. Um, but we should have that uh, finalized this week, and, and I can send out communications. If that interests you, make sure you, you follow him on social media and follow Dig on social media. I've been following him recently. And I, there's so much negativity on social media, <laughs> so much of uh, things going by. I love to scroll by and see the positive things that he's putting on his own personal page and also seeing the pictures of the children and the things that they're doing on Dig's page. And so it's so nice in the craziness and the trash that is sometimes on social media to hit some highlights, to see some blessing, to see what God is doing in him and his uh, community and with that. So um, if y'all could just extend y'all's hands to him, let me pray over him right now. Father, we just lift up Stephen right now. Father, we thank you that he is a man of God. We, we thank you that whatever you've ordained, Father, it says that you will sustain right now, Father, in his life. We just lift him up. We ask you to give him strength. We ask you to give him wisdom. We ask you just to speak. I thank you that he has the mind of Christ, Father. I thank you that you're moving upon his behalf. I thank you because he's stepping out in faith in the seeds that he's sown, Father, that he is blessed as a man of God, that his family is blessed, that his house, his cars, his vehicle, his finances, everything that he needs, you are going to meet his needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you for this organization. I thank you that you are building it up, you are bringing it up, that you are using him, you're giving him the wisdom, you're giving him revelations, you're giving him the dreams to go out even further. He's stepping out like Peter out of the boat, and he's just chasing after you, Father. And every step he takes is a faith step, but there you are to meet him, Father, that there you are to hold him up. Father, I thank you that everything he puts his hands to must prosper in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that the favor of God is on Dig and the favor of God is on him, surrounding him like a shield, and he has favor with God and with man. Father, I thank you that no weapon formed against him or Dig is going to prosper. And every tongue that rises against it right now in the name of Jesus, we condemn. It has no effect on him. It has no effect on the organization. And that he that the sun sets free is free indeed. So he will walk in that freedom. Every boardroom he walks in, every meeting he goes into, every person he interacts with, the favor of God already goes before him. That you are already with him. You are already speaking to him. You are already showing him that he wins. Every opportunity he steps into by faith, he wins. Because you've given him the victory through Jesus Christ. Thank you for this man of God. Thank you for this blessing to the community. Thank you for his family. I thank you that no attack will come against him. I thank you for health and strength in his body. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give a round of applause. Thank you, man. Thank you. 
you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.